Here we go, day two of Lent in these uh, Station Church pilgrimage. Today we take a spiritual journey to the Church of San Giorgio, the great famous St. George. This church is 2.8 kilometers from the North American College, so that puts it at 1.74 miles, so, so one and three quarters of a mile, a little bit shorter than yesterday's hike or bike ride. So if you want to do your physical journey with this spiritual journey, it'll be uh, a mile and three quarters. And um, of course you can double that if you if you feel so inclined. So this is the Thursday after Ash Wednesday, the journey to San Giorgio. Here's some information about this church. Quite a bit to read today. Surrounded by the ruins of the empire that has put its patron to death, the humble church of St. George in the Velabrum is a continuing reminder of the faith and sacrifice of that great saint. As we near the church, we see the Arch of Janus, which is from the late 3rd to the early 4th century after Christ, has many, with its many niches, marking the site of the Forum Boarium, which was a, a cattle market of the ancient city. This was located in the area of the city known as the Velabrum, possibly so-called because of the yellow sand, which comes from the Etruscan word velum, meaning marsh, and Latin arum, aurum, meaning gold, that they, uh, that they gathered there. Right next to the church itself is a smaller arch built in honor of Septimus Severus by the money changers in the market in the year A.D. 204. This is almost exactly a century before the martyrdom of St. George. While very little of his actual story has come down to us, it can be known for certain that he, was, he suffered near the current location of Lod, Israel, most likely in the late 3rd or early 4th century. While many of the stories about him are largely fictional, they seem to indicate that he was a soldier, possibly of Cappadocian descent, and also that he suffered many tortures before his death. He later became a popular patron of soldiers who looked to him as a model for strength in the spiritual life. His cult became especially popular in Europe when it was brought back with the returning crusaders. Just a clarification here, it says his cult became popular in Europe. To get the understanding in the religious terms, this just means a following. So the followers of the people who... who um, who, who respected him and venerated him as an example of a, of a saint. Let's continue on. While the church is currently named for St. George, it has traditionally also been linked with the martyr St. Sebastian. This is due to the church's proximity to the location where the battered corpse of the saint was thrown into the Cloaca Maxima, which was the ancient sewer running underneath the site, which still functions today. The first Christian structure on this site was a diaconia, a deaconry, a place where the deacons would gather, thought to have been established here in the late 5th century. This was a social services center of the early Roman church, including a distribution center with supplies for the needy as well as a small chapel. This may have been placed under the patronage of St. George by the first half of the 7th century when mention of such was made. Pope Leo II undertook a restoration in 682 to 683 and dedicated the church to Saints Sebastian and George. Saints Sebastian and George, a title it would retain into the medieval period. In 741 or 742, a relic of the head of Saint George was discovered at the Lateran, that's Saint Saint John Lateran, 
and brought here by Pope Zachary. Although a popular saint in the East at the time, he was still relatively unknown in the West. Therefore, the ch this church marks one of the first places of devotion to this saint in the Latin church. Pope Gregory IV undertook a complete restoration and enlargement of the old deaconry in the years 827 through 844, effectively turning it into the structure we see today. Although it no longer served as a deaconry, it retained some of its earlier characteristics common to that type of building, such as a square clerestory, windows, and an overall appearance that aimed more for functionality than for aesthetic appeal. He also decorated, Pope Gregory IV also decorated the inside of the basilica with frescoes. Sometime later, a marble chancel screen was added, only to be later removed in the 13th century. The medieval period left a significant mark on the church, with the addition of a porch and a campanile on the outside, and the redecoration of the interior with a ciborium over the altar and new frescoes in the apse, thought to be by Pietro Cavallini. Different restorations and minor reconstructions, including roof repairs and an elevation in the level of the nave floor, were undertaken in subsequent centuries. In 1787, the original columns of the ciborium were taken for use elsewhere and replaced with the current ones. Structural restorations and strengthening took place throughout the 19th century, and the current facade is thought to date from this time as well. 1909 through 1910, the apse fresco was restored, and from 1923 to 1925, larger restorations was carried out that gave the church the appearance it has today. This included lowering the floor to its original level. In 1993, a bomb placed by the mafia exploded in front of the church, causing heavy damage. The restoration which took place following this event, was able to restore the church to its previous appearance. So there you have it, the Church of San Giorgio, the Church of St. George, the patron of soldiers, also known as the Dragon Slayer, from some of the legends of him defeating Satan, the devil, the dragon. Um, so this is a journey. It's a, a mile and three quarters, one way. Um... I invite you to check out the link in the podcast here um, from the Pontifical North American College that talks about this. You can also Google it and get some more information from other places. But uh, cool saint and a really fascinating story with just kind of the history of the, the structure of the building. So we pray for St. George's intercession today that we may, um, by being faithfully rooted in Christ, that we may fight evils in the name of Jesus Christ, and that we may be victorious, that we may be faithful soldiers um, taking up spiritual arms during this great time of Lent, this time of spiritual warfare and battle. So may God bless you, the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. God bless.